see what you hear, visit patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast and become a patron of the show. Our patrons are special people who are invested in our message as we rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. You will receive digital versions of each of our cookbooks and fangirl patrons get special video access to each episode. Thank you so much to our patrons. We can't do it without you. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. And now let's rock this show. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. We are so glad to be with you here. Episode two, season 16, two friends, 2,000 miles apart, two friends, two businesses, two husbands, 10 children. Yeah. And a lot of love. A lot of love. <laughs> and we haven't seen each other in two, two years. years. That two sucks. years. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. I was having a pretty bad day. I have some some bad days. <laughs> I called Angela a couple weeks ago and I was like, I just want to see your face. And she was like, can we talk after Paris, please? <laughs> you know, that massive trip that I have planned. Can we talk after that? Right. Kind of hurt my feelings, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> here we are, ladies, back here rescuing the art of homemaking once again. Um, we should really stop thinking out loud on episodes. And maybe process thoughts before we I, record. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you mean instead of processing them live for the whole world? For tens of thousands of people, people? to listen to right? what could go wrong. Oh, my goodness. Nothing. Uh, let's start the show by thanking our season sponsor. Yeah. This is season 16, Freestyle Spring. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm put look. Some on right now, actually. Okay. Cause... While you're doing that, I'm going to tell you, friends, I am a makeup snob, <laughs> and true. it took me a long time to uh, convert. I want to talk about mascara because mascara is just a key ingredient in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I last year I switched over to Tube's mascara, and I love it. I was using Chanel. So if you want to know what I went from, I went from Chanel to Tupes. Not a downgrade is what I'm saying. I love it. I love the formula. It goes on so um, smooth. And I even got down to the end of my last tube and it didn't get um, crumbly. I didn't have any flakes under my eyes. It wasn't like where I felt like I needed to add water or lavender oil or something to it. So um, there's my plug for the Tupes mascara. There you go. Yes, indeedy. There there you go. She is a snob. So if she mm -hmm. says so, she means so. <laughs> now, if they could just come up with some hair color, like that would be <laughs> so great. Do you hear I'm that, just Emily? holding out. <laughs> I'm just holding out to get my hair done uh, before my trip. And wow, I'm. it's long. It's gross. Do you get it colored? Are you going to get it colored? Well, I do color my own, but when I get like those reddish like highlights, somebody does that for me. Mm -hmm. um, but she's not at that salon anymore. So I'm actually today, like today would be the day where I would just see if I could, if she could squeeze me in at a different salon. That's probably insanity because of what time I would have to leave Wisconsin in right. the morning to right. make that work. Right. 
Yeah. The things but I we really do miss beauty. those. <laughs> I miss those. They last a good year because she just does the bottom. And then I, when I color, I do my roots and then I just take my hands and I just pull the color through. So I, it doesn't like that's what they taught me to do. I asked them, like, how can I maintain this at home? Because I'm mm-hmm. obviously not going to get I can't do that. I use. um, Yeah. Uh, so it lasts a long time. They're just now gone. I mean, you can kind of see them down there, but I like them when they're. She's amazing. I'm really sad she's not at that same salon anymore. So, well, maybe Emily will formulate some hair color for you. You can do it. Do it yourself. Oh yeah, DIY. <laughs> DIY. Low lights. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> you guys can visit toopsandco.com. Do we have a co- coupon code, or is it the same? Homemaker ten. It, it's homemaker ten. Homemaker ten. Use that code for 10% off. You can shop all kinds of clean beauty products there. We love Tubes and Co. And we're so grateful that you guys do too. Um, so go have fun. Go shopping. Get some Tiamo lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Cherry lipstick, red mm-hmm. wine lipstick, mascara. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it. There you go. Okay. I'm going to force Angela to talk about creativity today. <laughs> Gee, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, you know, we were talking last week's episode, we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? Well, we closed with Instagram. We closed no, with that's some- not what I was thinking. Um, oh, we were talking about blogs, like back in the day when people oh, used yeah, to draw yeah. their inspiration from a few bloggers, right? You'd have like five mm-hmm. or six that you would follow. Well, for those of you who don't know mine and Angela's story, like this is how we originally met was, I don't know if it was on Pinterest or if it was somewhere in the blogosphere. Somehow we ended up bumping shoulders with one another mm-hmm. and I got introduced to Angela's blog. And the series of this, of her blog at the time that really got me was the design on a send time. Is that how you say it? Send time? Send time. Something. Yeah, it was like my play, my French play on words for uh, that old, uh, was it a TLC show called Design on a Dime? Right, Design on this a Dime. This was back in the day. What was that like swap show where they would swap? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like with that Ty mm-hmm. Pennington or whatever that Carpenter yeah, guy. Page. It was like that whole Hey to and Page. Yeah, and so yeah, there yeah. was another show called Design on a Dime. And so I did like this series Design on a Centime. Yeah. In my mind, so, uh, it's been designed on a send time, and it will remain that because it's been like time. that for like. Well, send time kind of rhymes with design. Exactly, <laughs> design on a send time. Exactly. <laughs> what I loved about this series that you did on your blog was that y'all didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> two send times to rub together. You didn't have two send times to rub together, <laughs> and so what came out of that was. This like, okay, I have this house and I want it to be a place of nourishment, joy, peace, beauty for my family. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? How am I going to bridge the gap between finances <laughs> and right. what I think of as beautiful for the home? Mm-hmm. And so you really created a lot of not necessarily like DIY posts, but no here's this room and here's how much I paid for this. And here's the wall color I used for that. And oh, I bartered for this chandelier. I worked a booth and got $50 and traded Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever. Um, And so you were, you kind of just shared how you created a look and aesthetic, a DIY mentality without a ton of money. 
I mean, it was creativity to the nines, hmm. the way that you sort of patchworked things together in such a beautiful way. And it's a great thing to think about when we think about artists. It's not just paintings, right? It's like all these different ways that creativity manifests. And so we're talking to homemakers here. We're not just talking to homemakers about like, you should take up oil painting. It's not what we're talking about in terms of creativity. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways that this applies to our homes. I think it's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Well, especially when we look at, um, you know, in seasons past, we've used the quote from uh, who, who's the Catholic philosopher? Who's the quote that we always use about homemaking, about all the aspects? The homemaker has the the luxury, the pleasure of not having to be an expert in one field, but can put her hand to this. this Chesterton. This, this. Chesterton. Thank you. Um, so because we have so many opportunities to, because we have to do so many things, we have so many opportunities for creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think that exploring that creativity and exercising it is what keeps things alive in the home. It's what keeps the job interesting. Mm -hmm. And keeps the job from being mundane and gives the job a sense of anticipation for the future because we can become better and we can learn our own beautiful touches to whatever we do, whether that is, and I'm like talking about housework here, like whether that is becoming really good with the iron and developing your starch recipe and just, just nailing it, just having it having oh my goodness I'm gonna sneeze having artwork be a I'm sorry ironing be an artwork or whether it's the way you score your bread you know and we have so many opportunities to just exercise a little creativity whether we fancy ourselves to be creative or not right creativity is really your signature on a particular endeavor everyone is creative People think they're not creative. Everyone does things in their own style. Everyone is creative. Yeah, even if you think of like, maybe you don't fancy yourself a creative, but you make a heck of a budget spreadsheet and you're putting your own spin on it and you're making your colors yeah. a certain way and like there's some creativity to be had there. Mm -hmm. And I think what ultimately comes from creativity, which is great news for the homemaker, is pleasure. So. Right. Right. Many episodes ago, Angela and I had the conversation of how we fold our towels. And I had a very set way that I folded my towels and she had a very set way. Well, the other day I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try it her way. And it was oh really beautiful. And it was really fresh. Oh. And I thought, will I fold them like this forever? I don't know. But it, mm -hmm. like, it brought me pleasure to just fold my towels in a new way. And that might seem really small, ladies, but like those little small things are ultimately what build our life. That, But that's the prevention of, uh, I was going to say mendacity, that's not the right word, <laughs> of something being Fatigue. becoming mundane. Yeah. Yeah. That, changing it up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And that doesn't have to mean something crazy. So let's talk about... I mean, I think we both kind of have our little everyday ways that we channel creativity. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one to me that comes to my mind, which is such a missed opportunity, but of course, this is what I do for a living is with cooking. Um, we have such a unique opportunity because we will always have to eat. Mm-hmm. Even if we're eating alone, even if we're not cooking for a big family, we still have to come up with something to eat every right. day. And that can be soylent green or it can be something really beautiful. <laughs> you know, like nourishments are not created equal. Calories are not created equal. There are calories that are um, nourish you in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that's such a unique opportunity to say, okay, you got to make breakfast for your kids. What are you going to do? And that doesn't mean every day, realistically, you're going to be busting out some new recipe, but you're getting good at it. You're, you're, you know, maybe taking the time to see the details in something, or maybe you're trying out a new cheese on your galette or, you know, putting flaked sea salt over something when you normally would just use table salt, like these really Mm -hmm. small little opportunities for creativity, for beauty, for pleasure. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, especially with food, it's really too, it's really easy to overthink it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, the creativity can be that you chose to put a big gorgeous pat of butter on the top of the pancakes like in the donald duck cartoons that's what my (laughs) make the pancakes like donald ducks you know like it's just little things it's just little moves a little tick of this a little tick of that Mm -hmm. and then hey you did it different than you did yesterday and it just brought something fresh right into the everyday Mm -hmm. one of the things i really love about italian cuisine is that it's been fairly unchanged. (laughs) It's just, hey, world, this is who we are. This is what we like to eat. Mm -hmm. And there's no It doesn't seem like French where like, oh, that's really from the 70s. You can look at like a French cookbook and you can like pick out the decade it was made, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little bit more. Yeah, it is. It's extremely timeless and you know, in some ways, relatively unchanged. So like when we were in Sicily, we made pasta alla norma, which is literally like sauteed eggplant, sauteed tomatoes, basil, baked ricotta, noodles. <laughs> like it's minimal ingredients. Like, like, mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Like change the eggplant variety? Like there's only mm-hmm. so many, <laughs> there's only so many different ways that you can do that same thing. But I remember learning how to take a ladle and these big tweezers that they'll use and they'll grab the pasta and then they'll put it in the ladle and turn it and it gives you like this perfectly turned serving of pasta. And then like you a can nest. S- it's like a perfect nest. It's okay. so hot. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And then you scoop up the tomatoes and the eggplant and put them over the top. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's a much different experience. Same exact thing. Of eating that pasta, it feels like somebody made you this, which is mm-hmm. different than grabbing it out of the big bowl, isn't it? Where mm-hmm. you're slopping it on your plate. I love these little nuanced opportunities. Not nuanced. That's not the right word. Um, just small, I guess. Okay. Small opportunities mm-hmm. for something more than that. And do you find creativity to be 
it's kind of, I don't want to use the word addicting because that makes it sound like it's something bad, but it it's self-propelling, I guess. But, yeah, but I, I don't think addicting has to be a bad word. I mean, I think that's the way we use it today, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it has to be bad. Yeah, I think, and I think it, yes, it always, it kind of builds on itself. And again, it's just like, Mm-hmm. It can be so simple. It can be so fabulous and extravagant. And, well, you know, like my girls and I, we always try to like just find some like just impossibly challenging cake recipe for their birthdays, like a Swedish princess cake. We've made that a few times. Holy cow, that's a doozy because <laughs> you're making this marzipan dome. It's insane and it cracks, you know, and you, you turn the crack side away from the camera when they take when you take their little picture and everything. And who cares? It's so fun. And like we have this anticipation about trying it again. This is and and then on the complete other just simplicity side, um, I pack Aiden's lunches and I bought these just cute. They feel rustic to me. They feel like so homey. I don't know if it's like the brown paper bag aspect, but I bought these little brown sandwich bags, like Mm. just seven by seven to put his sandwiches in so that they weren't, and they're like all natural or whatever, bamboo or whatever. So they weren't rubbing up against the plastic Ziploc bag because I'm trying to avoid plastic. And it just, it's been so enjoyable to slide the dumb sandwiches (laughs) in these bags at six (laughs) in the morning. I can't tell you. It's just new and different, and I enjoy it. Yeah. This is so sweet, and I fold the edge over just fresh. I mean. Back in the day when you were designing your house and kind of really doing a lot of that homemaking stuff, we were going through a really similar stage at a really similar time, but you are way more skilled than I am in that world. Do you remember, like, let's let's hash out some of those things where you sort of had to get creative in ways that you did it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think of was, like, we were in this rental house and our landlord agreed to let us paint the kitchen cabinets. And so we painted the kitchen cabinets and I took off the doors underneath the sink so that I could put up a tension rod. Mm-hmm. And I went to a thrift store and bought a used piece of fabric and used duct tape because <laughs> I didn't have a sewing machine to like, you know, flip the fabric mm-hmm. over to create a little pocket rod. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it cost us almost no money at all. I got the paint from a friend who had some leftover, but it was an opportunity for creative expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the curtained sink is a big one. and. <laughs> I I needed a tablecloth and I needed something that could just take a licking and keep on ticking because we had the, like the child seat attached to the table and I still wanted to use a tablecloth and I got a drop cloth. Like, well, I can't afford linen. Mm-hmm. So what looks like linen? Drop cloth mm-hmm. or, you know, has that sort of like rustic textile look. I remember doing that. Husband was like, you're crazy. I had drop cool. cloths as curtains in my living room here. Recently, for a really long time. I've covered sofas in drop cloths, just tucked it in and like, well, that's the, like back in the day, 20 years yeah. ago, that was as close to Rachel Ashwell, shabby, chic, big, plush, white furniture as I could get was a drop cloth. Was a drop cloth over my yep. head. $30 right? Craigslist sofa. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think 
Creativity in the home is tricky because I think we can fall into the ditch of feeling like we've got it or we don't. Mm -hmm. We really don't want to think of creativity as a muscle because then it becomes work. And it's just a lot easier to say, well, I don't have those skills. Mm -hmm. When you've probably made some pretty bad creative decisions, even in your home. Oh, yeah. Give me one. Oh, yeah. Well, just, you know, I can think of just curtains that I would just jerry rig up or whatever, and they were always falling down and just just dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. Loving a lampshade that did not fit the fixture. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. no matter what. No matter what, it was just popping off or catching on fire or just, you know, just <laughs> just stupid, stupid stuff like that. Yeah. I think I still have some of those things. <laughs> right? I remember taking an Americana chicken egg into the paint store and being like, could you scan this? <laughs> could you make me the paint in this color, please? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just the most beautiful color. And it is because it's an egg. Put it on the wall. And I was like, I immediately regret my decision. But that was the budget. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so we lived with this office that had these terrible colored walls. They were just, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember like I would see... I would see something that I found beautiful and I didn't know really how to like parlay that into my home. And I would, right. whether it was like a white trim against a drastic, you know, a really intense color, you know, you, you I mean, it isn't a muscle, but you do get better at it. You know, you do start to develop, let's say, some intuition. Right. It's like with clothing. You, the more you, start to learn about like cuts of clothing, the more you can look at something at the store and go, well, that's pretty, but that cut is like, I would look dreadful in that. You, you start to kind of know what works. And the same in the kitchen. The more you do it, the more intuition you have about what's gonna, what the step is four steps from now. Right. You know, you can start to anticipate it. And it's the same, I think, with like design. You start to know, okay, well, that egg is beautiful in my hand but on the wall when the sun starts to go down and it hits that that yellow hits the green it's no bueno Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah that's a different kind of thing Mm -hmm. i've been thinking a lot lately about creativity because you know we we started our blog 13 years ago which is a little long i mean it was just totally different worlds when we Mm -hmm. started it all those years ago. And I was a totally different person. And I love looking back, you know, my creative expression primarily has always been photography. And this has been true from when I was a young girl to now. And do you remember when people used to have scrapbooking parties, creative memories parties? Oh yeah, totally. My I mom and I used to memories, go to those. like Oh was, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. I'd go to re- I'd go to weekend retreats. <laughs> Like freaking scrapathons, where I'd stay at a hotel right. and I would just scrap, scrap till I drapped, man. I would just, I'd bring a bottle of wine, plunk it on the table, and I'd just go into the zone. I'd go by myself. They all knew each other. And I would just go. I'm just here to use your paper cutter. 
next you know like but they had like this like a scrapbook you have to have you have to have pictures like you have to mm-hmm. have, you know done the pictures oh, yeah. but yeah. i so you were 21 drinking wine at your scrapbookathon i was like 13 thanks shay with not a lot there's going that on bus again to take pictures of you know mm-hmm. and this went on for a while so like i found a scrapbook recently that i did when i was oh my gosh probably 20 mm-hmm. 20 and it was my nephew getting a haircut. And I was like, here's two pages of Kaisen. You a scrapper then. Getting a haircut. <laughs> it's like, what? Do, why would you put that in there? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's long seated is what I'm getting at. It's been in there for a long, a long time in, in various forms of competency, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But I recently just kind of felt like, okay, you've been at this stage for a while now. Now when you want to get better at something creatively, there's an actual effort that goes behind that. Right. Here's a new word, anemonia. Anemonia means the nostalgia for a time you've never lived in. What I want you to do is visit Anemonia Jewels over on Instagram for vintage and estate jewelry from the Victorian era, the Art Nouveau movement, and more. Use the coupon code HOMEMAKERSCHIC at checkout for 10% off. It's spring, so why not treat yourself to a beautiful piece of estate jewelry? New items are added daily over on Instagram, so you are sure to find something you love, maybe even the perfect piece for yourself or someone special this Mother's Day. And Ammonia is a husband and wife team that bring you these beautiful estate pieces, and they are new to the Homemaker Chic podcast sponsor family. So visit them over on Insta and make them feel welcome. Installment payments are available and 10% off any treasure you find with the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC at checkout. Welcome, Anemonia Jewels. We are so happy to share your beautiful jewelry with our audience. If you'd like to get premium organic cotton heirloom quality sheets at 20% off, we want to encourage you to visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com forward slash HomemakerChic20. Homemaker Chic listeners know that the linens Angela and I both use in our homes are American Blossom Linens, and we invite you to do the same. This is a wonderful and simple way to set the mood of a clean, thoughtful, intentionally put together home and bedroom. These dye-free sheets and linens are a beautiful way to dress your bed in something sustainable, high quality, and really beautiful. Yes, American Blossom Linens is a small business. They're American grown and made. And yes, they're made with organic cotton and sewn with a smooth, soft weave and made to last. Whether you're looking for crisp linen sheets that fit snugly around the corners of your mattress or plush and soft towels for your bathroom, blankets, or even duvet covers, you can shop all of American Blossom Linen's available products at AmericanBlossomLinens.com forward slash HomemakerChic20. So, so like, what's something in your life that you think of as one of your creative outlets? Or just, you know, something you're invested in creatively, rather. Well, I mean, obviously my house, my house isn't done. And the house has a plan and the house has ideas. Um, <laughs> I know you dissed oil painting a few minutes ago, but that's actually... No, I'm not dissing <laughs> oil painting. <laughs> that's actually my, um, my effort right now, is I am going to learn and I am going to become good, come hell or high water. That's my... I'm my whole life. I've made this excuse. This is 
creativity is kind of a, um, like I am a creative. Bottom line, anything I put my hand to, I'm not, it's not a conscious effort. I'm just going to like, I have to make it more difficult and more beautiful. <laughs> That's just what I do. Um, but as far as an artist, I, this is kind of, I don't know, I had a really bad experience in high school with an art teacher. And I just kind of let go of it. Um, I used to just, you know, draw all the time, paint all the time. That's all I wanted to do. I'd stay up late, you know, like a teenager does. And and this art teacher just, wow, just let it go. And over the years, I've kind of like gone back to it. And I'm not talking about like creative like the things I know how to do, like faux finish. I'm talking about like the actual skill of seeing something and getting it, then getting it on the paper. It's very, very underdeveloped, um, stunted, if you will, uh, for for lack of for decades of not practice, decades of no improvement. And I just a few months back, I just like I'm gonna stop using that as an excuse. I'm going to that chapter is now closed, and now we move forward. And so that's been really exciting. Like I just bought bought some oil paints, bought some canvases, and I'm just all in. Mm-hmm. I got the smock, I got the brushes, I got the chemicals, I got the that's mess in the studio. I'm like, and I think it was. If I can kind of trace it back to a moment as a cliche, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> something something happened to me at Giverny. I I was so excited to go there. In the other times I've been to Paris, I had never gone to Giverny and we went then when I went in October. I wept like a baby and I just I don't know. I don't. I don't have people what that is. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's Giverny is Monet's house and garden, home and garden. That's it's in the town of Giverny, and so that's just how what they call it. It's but it's officially Monet's house and gardens. It's the big pink house, the green shutters, and green shutters, (laughs) and uh, the home is so colorful, and I love an excess of color an excess of color if i'm watching a movie where the like the there's filters and the colors all boosted i'm happy if i see a photograph where the color is just jacked i'm happy i like saturation i like exaggeration and this home is so incredible i don't know there's probably i don't remember six or seven eight rooms maybe available to the public and they are this bizarre in your face combination they don't make any sense and they make so little sense that it makes sense like just baby blue walls and neon yellow dining room it's just fabulous and uh and then you know subsequently the gardens are exquisite and amazing and huge and i felt this so inarticulate like this is warmth it was just like oozing while I was there in it. I told my husband, it was like, while I was there, it was like, if I was a harp, it was like someone plucked me and I haven't stopped reverb. Their vibrations haven't stopped since then. I just, I was in this space where this artist lived and this is what he created down to his kitchen, 
you know, I have Monet's cookbook. He was passionate about food and the dining experience. And I just sort of haven't stopped singing in my heart since being in that space. Mm -hmm. And a few months ago, I thought, okay, now the natural progression is you've modeled your garden after his. It's in the front of the house. You've, you've been so inspired by that. You love color. I'd never really given that much thought to the colors in his home until being there. I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> now the natural progression is pick up the paintbrush. Do the next thing. And so that's that's actually the creative, I hate this word, journey, but that's the creative journey that I'm on right now. I'm, yeah. I'm a, you know, if I live to be an old lady, I'm halfway through life. So I am going to be a painter. There you go. Do it. I'm going to. I am. I am doing it. You are doing it. Stuart and I were talking about creativity recently, and we were talking about YouTube and Hmm. how YouTube can be this really wonderful tool to learn how to do stuff. I mean, the Hmm. things you can learn to do on there, I love. I love. There's so much value. But there's also this real, like, creative friction when – you are watching something and you don't have the ability to act on it. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That's that's actually painful. Right. It is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people either get overwhelmed, get bogged down, get busy, or just spend um, a lot of time consuming and not a lot of time doing. Yeah, know? because it is arresting. It's yeah. you sort of... It's you kind of have this sense of being incapacitated. Right. Right. Most of the time, that's not true. It's right. It may be a matter of timing or a supply or something, but it can just sort of feel like. Right. I can't. I can't. What? Uh-huh. I have some great photographers on YouTube that I follow, and I've learned a lot of, of stuff through them. But. Mm-hmm. The thing about YouTube, too, is like people aren't usually speaking directly to you about something. Right. And I Mm realize, like for my photography, if it's going to go where I'd like it to go, where you see somebody like, you know, Monet, it's like, okay, well, now I have something to study. I have something to strive for. Right. Mm -hmm. Not that you'll ever be Monet. You'll be Angela. And and that's going to be different. And that's good. But um this need to like to sit with someone creatively too i think there's a lot of value to that and to say you know what i'm not going to watch any more videos i'm going to go mm. figure it out and like figuring it out usually means just like actually doing it and mm-hmm. and putting yourself in a position where that can happen right so like a position of vulnerability oh yeah yeah <laughs> You guys know I got some hair thing going. You guys know oh I got gosh, social stop. stuff that I deal with anyway. And mm. the first I I work with some photography mentors now. Okay. Okay. And so I meet with them once a week and they give me assignments and I have to bring them photographs. And like I have been putting my photographs out into the world for a long time, but not to mm-hmm. professional photographers. <laughs> Just, not with a what do you think question yeah, mark. Exactly. It. It was yeah. the first time. I mean, I felt like this. I had a photography what's it called? At the coffee shop in my town. What's that called? Ex- exhibit. Ex- what is it? Exhibit. 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 Yep. A photography yep. exhibit. And we had that and I went and it was a lot of fun, but like I my heart was 
racing. It was like, mm. it was like having, it felt like a dirty sack of laundry and being like, hey, you want to look through it? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> so different putting it out in front of people mm-hmm. locally in my community than putting it out into the internet. One yeah. is much scarier than the other. And so I'm sitting down with my mentors and I'm saying, my photography mentors, and I'm saying, okay, like, this is the best I could do. And that's a really scary position to put yourself in. Mm -hmm. What's neat about it, though, is that over the course of the time that I've been meeting with them, problems are solved a lot faster. Creative problems are solved a lot faster. Things that could have taken me a really long time to sort of run around and try to gather information on and try to figure out. So let me give you an example. I was sitting down with Joanna yesterday and she said, hey, do you ever bump down the saturation of your shadows? And I was like, why would I do that? And she's like, well, shadows cast blue. So you really should bump your saturation down and that'll get Mm. you closer to this color that you want. And so I did that. And lo and behold, I was like, son of a... (laughs) 10 years, cool. 10 years. <laughs> Shay, but that, I'm telling you, that comes with vulnerability. That's the, that comes with stopping, and I'm not dissing YouTube, but we have this like idea, there's so much to consume, but that consumption doesn't, for me, doesn't bring about as much progress as like real life. I and my analogy is my French tutor. Like I can have a conversation in French. And the more I sit down with him every day for an hour a day, I realize how bad I am. <laughs> like how much I don't know. It's shocking. It's shocking to me. And he'll make a little correction. I'm like I would have never. Yeah. Sometimes he'll see my face. He'll say, what's wrong? Because he knows I'm pretty type A. You know, he's like, calm down, calm down. I said, how would I have ever figured that out? I would have never figured that out, ever. Mm-hmm. I would have never heard that. I would have never picked that up. Mm-hmm. If somebody was talking, I would have, my brain would have just gone, doink, you don't understand that part and gone to the part you understand, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's just something about tucking in. What you're doing is amazing. Like tucking in under someone and just like, help me. Help it's, me. It's so weird because I always, I would have considered myself a photographer. Yeah. So then to sit under somebody and say, like, I really struggle with interiors shots because nothing in our house is level. I mean, I'm talking about my kitchen. So if you drop an egg, it just be rolling to the other side. <laughs> it is not level. And so when you're trying to take a picture and and the lines, whoops, sorry. Yeah, the, the lines, lines are, like, are this. like this. The trim is running on the ceiling like this. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, <laughs> you know, the pot rack is like this. Yeah, yeah. And so I spent a lot of time learning about the geometry of photos and the ways that you can manipulate those in post-production. And again, it was just like, I am so glad I know this now. And the cool thing about good people speaking into your life is that it's not done in a icky way. It's not done Mm -hmm. like you idiot. You call yourself a photographer and you don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not the way normal people are. Terrible people, but like most people are not that way. 
And I think you're right. When you get to um, I, the word vulnerability is just so overused. Um, I know that's the that I wish there was isn't that something sad that. about our language? We have like key words that are so overused; they've lost their. They've kind of lost their. Because vulnerability, vulnerable, vulnerability, those are really good words. But. Yeah, there's not an, <laughs> really a replacement word for it, is there? I don't know. You keep talking Althosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. So I'm thinking like in relation to the homemaker, you know, I know a lot mm-hmm. of you listening have different creative pieces mm-hmm. that you put your hand to um, because we've seen them, because you've shared them with us. And that's a great thing. Um, I feel like when we're able to do that, well, it, it really kind of fosters this light in us. It fosters this energy. And that's a great thing for us to channel to our home. But, you know, there's also like the, the input of others, which is great, too. So like usually before I paint anything, I send Andal a picture. And it's not because I'm crazy insecure. I can make decisions. It's because I value mm-hmm. her input. I know that she understands these things better than I do. And she's my best friend, so I can bug her about it. And she can't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's a neat um, and kind of beautiful way to be engaged in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of relationship aspects that can be built around creativity. Yes, for sure. Well, because it's so, um, it's intimate too. That mm. it, That's really an intimate thing to say to another person. Here's something I've created. Can you speak you, to it? Yeah. Or, what do you think? Or, or here, I, I'm going to show you my lack of articulation, my lack of intelligence, my lack of understanding. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just room there's a lot of room there and there are lots of people and lots of resources that can speak to that and can help with those sorts of things so when you think about the way that this applies to just the homemaker at home hanging out you know Mm -hmm. it might be the way that she decorates her home it might be the food that she decides to create it might be the way that she structures holidays or celebrates certain events Mm -hmm. um you know, and that's that's a fun thing. And, like, we get the freedom to be able to do that. And I just think that's a really great and beautiful thing. I got an eyelash in my eye. <laughs> oh, I hate that. That's the worst. Um, Let's take a quick tea. Okay. And give a shout out to our sponsor, Dry Farm Wines. Oh, let's do. Let's do. <laughs> And of course, a shout out to American Blossom Linens. Thank you so much for sponsoring Season 16. Friends, visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use that coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEET20 for 20% off your organic sheets, towels, linens, and more. Visit DryFarmWines.com forward slash HOMEMAKERSHEET. And if you have never tried Dry Farm before, we invite you to. We're going to send you an extra bottle for a penny. So this is sort of a wine subscription, if you will. You can order once. You can have it shipped every month, like Shay and I do. Three bottles, six bottles, 12 bottles. You can choose white, red, a combination, bubbly, like that beautiful one I shared last week. And if it's your first time, they're going to send you an extra bottle for a penny. Simply because, by law, they can't give it to you free. 
Shay, uh, do you have a bottle to share with us? I do have a bottle. And okay. it's called La Staffa. And it's a Verdicchio. It's an Italian white wine. So Angela is a red wine consumer. Um, much more so than white wines. Yeah, I'm not I don't really keep a lot of whites in the house in the winter. Well, like yeah, now that winter is different. Yeah, now now that gardening season is coming and I'm going to want my nice crisp whites, you know, my especially Italian whites, um, I will probably split my order between the two. Between yeah. and red. Have I'm, you had this one before? Okay, I've had this one many times okay. before. And I'm always really happy when it arrives in my box. So I get okay. the six reds and six whites. So I get to okay. try an array of both every month. But there is something about just growing down in the garden and coming in and having a really nice, crisp glass of white wine. And so that's yeah. what this one is. Okay. Um, you know, I was we were talking last episode about how sometimes the bottles from Dry Farms can be a little bit vague and obscure. Mysterious. This one is kind of that way. Um, but this guy is a young wine producer. He makes about 2,500 cases of wine a year. And it's That's made in amazing. a very traditional interpretation of Staffolo's Verdicchio that's rich and minerally refreshing and sapid. Sapid? Well, since I got the thesaurus app here, but I'll just switch it over to dictionary. I was like, read that and I'm like, yes, yes to that. Minerally is is your word for uh for wine. Oh, sapid is just flavorful. Okay. Um, it just sounds fancy. Hmm. I guess so. Well, it's one of the things that I really love about Sapid. Italian white wines, which um, it's not just because I love Italy. I love a lot of wines from all over the world, but Italian whites tend to be a little bit tart and more minerally, whereas French whites tend to be a little bit more buttery and a little bit softer, which is really great in some contexts. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love that like punchy tartness of these. And so that is a great bottle to enjoy. Um, I'm going to be making mine cool. with a white wine poached rabbit tonight. So we're going to be having that bottle tonight. What herbs are you going to use with that? I have a little bit of thyme and some sage. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Delicious. Sapid was first used in 1623. Oh. <laughs> Crazy. What a wealth of knowledge you are. <laughs> I've I'm never a heard plethora of knowledge, Shay. Mm. <laughs> the word you're looking for is plethora. You have a plethora. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, yummy. Speaking of, yeah, you had me at minerally. Those are I know. Yeah. I know. I love okay. minerally wines. Okay, um, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Don't forget it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Speaking of gardening. We were talking about coming okay. in from gardening. I'm trying to get my sea legs back. Stu and I went outside yesterday and. Your dirt legs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We prepped some of the beds because I got really sad and I was like, can you please help me? <laughs> I'm too old for this. Um, he just has just man strength that I just don't have. You know, he can just do things so much easier and faster than I can. Yeah. And so he came out and he helped me clear out a bunch of the beds, which I hadn't taken anything out of last year, and then helped me spread fresh compost over the top. And so 
um, we just had like these few hours outside together. The kids were off like in the orchards, just wandering around. It was a beautiful day. And we went out Mm -hmm. there and just gardened together for a few hours and planted some things. And it was just really sweet and wonderful. And then I came in and I was like, I need white wine and a bloody stick. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) After being outside in the dirt, that's what my body wants. It wants Mm -hmm. rare meat and white wine. Well, you've been smelling all those minerals. Now it wants to eat them. I guess so. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We still have snow. I mean, it's, I haven't looked out the window in the last few hours. It's got to be on its way out, Mm -hmm. but it just snowed here a couple days ago. But I, I had this thought this morning. I think I've finally adjusted to the schedule here. What are you talking about? Because it's taken me like five years to like, you know, obviously by now I would be gardening. Mm-hmm. You plant plant potatoes October, fi- or pardon me, April on tax day. Mm-hmm. There's no potato planting on tax day going on here. It's a swamp, you know. And I think I'm, I think I'm there. Like I'm your like, body is like. Yeah. Like mentally, I'm not like, oh, I'm behind, I'm behind. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not behind. This is where I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad for you. That feels very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm having to take a step back from just like, I think there were those like survival years of just like grow as much as you can, grow as much as you can. And mm-hmm. I'm like, look, okay, so you got your spinach in two weeks late. Late. All right. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you're going to be fine. You're not right. going to go hungry. So just mm-hmm. take it back a notch. Maybe don't be right. so intense. Right. Maybe don't calm so down. Intense. Maybe just calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Maybe just calm down. Yeah. It's like, you know, like life, it's got like all these like crevices, right? All these fingers like swirl the wine and the fingers come down and just like just pour the calm down over everything. <laughs> just let it seep in. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I think that comes with age since you threw me under the bus a while ago about me being old when you were 13. Um, I do think that happens. Like you just, yeah, you're just like, okay, it's a bad week. And, uh, this will sort out in about 10 days or you just, I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm still, you know, spaz most of the time, but I can still, I feel this like just steady. All right. Yeah. I don't have enough onions planted. You know what? I'm just going to grab some at friggin' Walmart. <laughs> I don't care. All right. I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> just I've seen that play out pr- like primarily with raising kids where you're just so uptight and you feel all this pressure to like mm-hmm. shape these people and expose them to the things you want to be them for them to be exposed to and hold them back mm-hmm. from the things that you don't want them to see. And then they get older and like life just sort of happens and you get to this really beautiful, like I feel like it. those were hard younger years and I know there's listeners who are in them right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like we're getting more to this peaceful place where it's like okay yeah the legos are out we'll pick them up yeah it doesn't mean there's not daily flare-ups it's not like life is any less real right or dramatic it's just sort of this like pacing there's like the metronome is set at a different tempo Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. 
I think part of that is because we're not doing it alone. Like when you have little Mm -hmm. kids, you know, most people, their husband works out of the house or they have to go to work or whatever. And then the kids aren't helping. (laughs) No, they're undoing at every turn. And it, no, they aren't. And it, it is, it's just one fire after another. You change the blowout and you turn around and your three-year-olds chop their bangs off. And then you turn back around and there's another blowout. And then you turn back around. It's just like... (sighs) My husband and I, oh, I should tell you guys this. We went to Georgia to see Stu's family a couple weeks ago, which was so wonderful. Oh, yeah, because that's how you closed the last season. You were oh, like yes. sort of on your way out. Yes. Yeah. So my kids stayed with my parents while we were down there. We were gone for four days, I think, or five days. And my mom, she drops them off and she's like, man, they eat a lot of food. <laughs> I was like, oh, do they? <laughs> she goes, yeah, me can really like really spread out like you know they're doing arts and they're doing drawings or making comic books or what like before you know it's just like a bomb went off i'm like it was honestly it was really wonderful to hear because i was like you're doing it shay you're doing the things you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. you're creating this safe fulfilling place for them to be humans and there's a lot of work involved in that. And if you look around and your floors are gross, <laughs> your laundry's stacked, like that's because there's a lot of life. And it sounds so cliche and overly simplistic. And I don't mean it like that. But it's also a lot. Mm-hmm. Just, just is. Yeah. Again, like, I just think there's this overarching idea that that's going to all, like, go away if you get it together. Like, that – and it's just not. Yeah. And so, yeah, you are doing it. Our listeners, they're they're just doing doing the thing. Yeah. Like – You're doing it. Mm -hmm. You're going to clean it up, and it's going to get messy again, and the perfect post you see on Instagram is not Mm -hmm. perfect. It's just like Mm – Yep. And if you're wondering, like, where creativity fits into this – I've been getting up at like five, six, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure dinner is accounted for so I can sneak down to the bedroom for this tutorial or this meeting. I mean, like, it's not like I magically, I'm like, oh, I have some free time. What should I do with it? No, No, me. You know how like moms have to announce that they're going to take a nap? Like dad can just conk out on the couch. I don't know about your husband, but like he can just like, like, but moms are like, mom's going to take a nap now. I'm going to take a nap. There's snacks on the table. Wipe your own butt. I'm going to remove myself from this situation. Don't ask me any questions. Um, I have to, I'm doing that with painting. Okay, like, guys, like in three days, you see that pocket right there on the calendar? That is mine. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the studio. Mm-hmm. I will not be available. Please don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two hours. <laughs> but I have to, like, find them. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, over there. Mm-hmm. And I have to point them out. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it's not just happening. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, we talked last week about Instagram and the cool thing about like taking back, taking a step back from just consuming so much on YouTube um, or consuming anything on anything <laughs> is yeah. that you really do have more time for creativity. So yeah, reading books, um, studying a language, mm-hmm. you know, 
studying photographs or reading. I like go to bed reading cookbooks because that's what I like. <laughs> what is your what is your favorite? Like, what do you enjoy in reading cookbooks? Do you is it the anecdotes before the recipe or is it the actual recipe? Is it the method? Like what really, mm. really is your favorite part of the cookbook? I think the photography. Okay. I study the photography a lot. Okay. But not every cookbook has photography, you know. Or good photography. Or good Most photography. of them are atrocious. Oh my gosh, they all look the same. They all look the same. Okay, let's talk they about all, this. What is they this? They all look the same. I don't know. Is, it's, is it the paper? So, is it like the muted non-glossy paper? Everybody's going with like the matte, recycled, woven. <laughs> I don't know. It used to be toilet paper. I don't know. I can't. What's wrong? No, I'm, I was just like, I just picked up this oh. book and I was like, I was frustrated because I was like, this is... There is a food photographer I love. His name is David mm-hmm. Loftus. He was Jamie Oliver's okay. food photographer. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Okay. And he has a particular style. I was talking to my mentors about this because I was like, I had gotten in this rut of shooting for the cooking community where I was shooting above. Overheads. Yeah. And Tim was saying, you know, that comes from from this, your phone. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. You have a camera. Use it. <laughs> Basically. Uh-huh. And we were talking about how when you eat food, you look at it at a 45 degree angle. You're sitting yeah, at the yeah. table and here it is. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. that's not to say there's not a place. Food reads well from overhead. Certain foods mm-hmm. read really well from overhead. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I pulled out the newest cookbooks that I have. Like, okay, this is modern age photography because I've got some that are decades and decades old that I still yeah. love. Yeah. And I couldn't pinpoint what it was about them that bothered. Hmm. The editing, like, is it like the sharpness? You still can't? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't know if there was a resolution no, to that problem. No, it's weird. Like, these are all shot by hmm. different photographers, but they all look the same. So you look yeah. at a Mimi Thorison cookbook, an Otter mm-hmm. Thorison, one of my favorite photographers. It is an Otter Thorison shot cookbook. Like, there is no question who took those pictures. Yeah. So, well, it's like super, like, what's the painting term? Charoscuro? They're like super, lots of dark going on there. With otter? You know? Oh, I know. Yeah. I love Love it. it. Like, so sexy. Yeah. 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 There's no lightening up the shadows in his (laughs) world. Right. But it's very particular and it's very um, him. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, like, how do people find their voice like that in creativity where Mm. I have all these cookbooks and 90% of them could have been shot by the same person. And like, Mm -hmm. if you want to write a cookbook, how do you write one that doesn't look just like everybody else's? And is it always photography or is it staging and cutlery and dishes? Is it, is it everything? Yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know the answer to because that. Because I'm, I'm studying I, um, it right now because as you create, like, you want to continue to channel your voice and develop your voice. That doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. going to do anything new. They've, it's all been shot before. Like, how many ways can you shoot a baguette? Okay? It's done. Right. right. But right. that doesn't mean you're not allowed to have your own inter- artistic interpretation of that. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So, like, I've never shot baguettes like this. 
Therefore, it's still a great creative endeavor for me, even if it's mm-hmm. been done before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> these are the things I go to bed thinking about. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> but yes, it's primarily that. And then I love the cultural conversation around food. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of exciting things like, oh, we harvest this variety of apple in this month from this region or, you know, those kinds of things. I enjoy those little yep. tidbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the I love I like a cookbook with a good story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really much. <laughs> really much. Yes, yeah, really much. Yeah, there's some great ones. I just got this cookbook. It's not new. It is called. Let me find it. I want to show it to you. Hang on. Okay. You're going to like okay. this. If you guys are watching on, if you're not watching on Patreon, Shay's got that white sweater that we were joking about the other day and she put a little blue cardigan over it. It's so cute. Okay. It's called um, A Taste of France. 1983. Okay. Which you can oh, tell. Yeah, yeah. Do you have uh-huh. this? I don't. Let me see the inside. Because sometimes they, you know, those, they swap covers. I, oh, that's like your typical ladies. Look at it's, even know, just the menu, look at the, the layout. And you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is, this was shot in the 80s. Yeah. Um, this is a really fun, if you study food photography at all, this is a really cool book to check out. Okay. Um, but there's this great picture in here of a baker. This is so not would not be allowed, but he bakes in his underwear because he gets so hot and it stops. It's a picture of him here. Show me. I want to see it. (laughs) While you're flipping for it. Remember, did you find, did you watch that guy? Remember I told you I found this guy on Instagram that just makes me laugh because he looks at the camera the whole time he's cooking. (laughs) And then I, I sent him to you. I said, I'm never going to be able to find this guy again. I just found him. But then I did find him and I messaged you and sent it. I don't remember. He's got like, he's, he's got the word sartorial in his description and he just makes me laugh because he does these recipes and he just looks at the camera while he's doing it. Find it. Yeah. Okay. Patrons, you're getting a real treat here. Oh my gosh. What a riot. Isn't that funny? That is funny. He's in this like what looks like cave. 14th century cave. <laughs> century. Maybe they're it just looks hot. really, really short shorts. But he has no shirt on. <laughs> and he's just surrounded by all these loaves of bread. <laughs> just <laughs> That's so good. What does the caption say? That's what I was just reading. Okay. It actually doesn't say. <laughs> It's not even acknowledging. It's not even acknowledged that the man's in his britches. Shirt on. Right. Just, it's so good. Um, uh, going through a good book like this, a coffee table book on whatever your hobby. Like I got one, Stu, one on Scotch whiskey. And it was just like all these different distilleries in Scotland and the history of the castle and the bottles and yeah. the labels. Like it's such an opportunity to just go away into a world where you get to like partake like to me this is the kind of consumption of something like oh i need a little i need a little injection of something 
Oh, this um, is the good place. I, to be. I have a very special place in my heart for coffee table books. Yes. Love is an overused word. I love <laughs> coffee table books. I was raised on them, like because yeah. of Princess Diana. That's all I would, not all I would get, but I would get Diana coffee table books for my birthday and for Christmas every year. My mom always had. My mom was always, you know, designing. So, like, back before Martha Stewart became popular, Mary Emmerling was the shiz mm-hmm. in the, like, country decor department. She had Mary Emmerling coffee table books. and We always had co- – I love them. Yeah, I love if I go them. to Barnes & Noble – well, I love bookstores, period. But I I could just, like, go right now and buy 20. Yeah. I, I, I love them. And a, a good one. Boy, you just read it over and over and over again you do you do yep. i mean we had we had rice <laughs> what? we had ross byam shaw who wrote my favorite coffee table books all yep. perfect english perfect french perfect cottage perfect english country perfect townhouse perfect english townhouse like all the perfects. All the perfects. I, I just say all the perfects. Yeah. Um, I did a YouTube video a few weeks ago and people are like, what books do you have? I'm like, Laura Ingalls, Ross Byam Shaw, Diana. <laughs> Some <end>. Marilyn. <laughs> like the end. Right? Yeah. Oh, there's so much. Mm, there's so much Her good stuff so to good. digest there. And, you mm-hmm. know, if we're talking, creativity comes from creativity and it comes, it does come from consuming. Like I'll consume mm-hmm. something and I'll feel very led to create something. It's an integral part of the process like i'm not saying mm-hmm. we shouldn't take things in we we certainly should for mm-hmm. me if i want if i'm gonna channel towards you know my main creative outlet which is photography i have to take in good photography and one of the things my mentors always say is look up not sideways look up not sideways there are mm-hmm. great you want to be a better photographer study caravaggio Um, You know, study Monet, like study painters, study the greats. Like there are greats. You know, if you're talking Mm -hmm. about like home design stuff, Ross Byam Shaw, what she captures in those books, that is great. That is not color coded cleaning liquids that you see somebody post on Instagram. That's sideways. That's looking at them and being like, well, that's not what my laundry room looks like. Well, that's what I was saying <laughs> last week about the one of the pitfalls of social media is like this peer level aspect right. of it. Different. It's that's different than yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've been posting. I, I I think I was telling you that like with design, I Madeline Madeline Castang is this um, French interior designer from back in the day, and like. When I look at her things or study her, like I get all jazzed and intrigued and challenged, really, because she's pretty incredible. Yeah. As opposed to just like scrolling like perfect New York flats. I'm like, I can't. What? Like, <laughs> you're just uh-huh. sort of. That's different. It's amazing how the up, the, the looking up makes you or makes me, I, I suppose, feel like inspired to do more and like you were saying, looking sideways just makes me feel like kind of hopeless. Isn't that and, weird? You feel yeah. like it would be the opposite. Right. Maybe because it takes the pressure off. Like, am I ever going to have a perfect English townhouse? No. No. <laughs> but I love that paint color. 
or I love the mm-hmm. way they did this gallery wall over the couch or, mm-hmm. you know, there are these like pieces you can take without taking in all the stuff that feels a little bit like poison. Hello, lovely homemakers. Are you ready to style your home like a pro? Then it's time to join the Old World Design Society. You can do that by visiting oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com for your spring home design inspiration. Join my Old World Design Society now for as little as $5 a month. You will have access to one design class a month, a private online forum full of professional designers and amateur home stylists just like yourself. You can learn from them, become friends with them, and you can choose to include a print or digital magazine with your society membership and watch your stylist skills grow. Become a member today by visiting oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com or simply head over to the Homemaker Chic Instagram page and hit that red circle that says design. It's time to learn how to elevate your space and improve your knowledge of antiques and history and style your home like a pro. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. The Spring Magazine is shipping now and it's gorgeous and classes are ready for you to join us. Hey friends, Shay here. If you've been needing a bit more encouragement and inspiration when it comes to cooking delicious food, I want to personally invite you right now to join the Elliott Homestead cooking community. Visit cook.theelliotthomestead.com to get started. For the past four and a half years, I've encouraged women in the kitchens with whole food recipes and instructional cooking videos. As a cooking community member, you'll get five farm fresh inspired recipes each month created from my farm kitchen and delivered straight to you. I'll also send you an instructional cooking video to go along with each recipe so that you can learn new skills and begin to enjoy new dishes and flavors on your own table. Together, we'll cook dishes like burrata salad with prosciutto and lemon, baguettes, rigatoni with potato and peas, ricotta donuts with homemade lemon curd, green vegetable minestrone, and so much more. The cooking community is a place of inspiration and community where you can visit with other home cooks on our circle group or simply enjoy the bountiful recipes that you'll find each month in your mailbox or inbox. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com right now, choose the membership package that fits your needs best, and let's get cooking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've been taking YouTube videos that I've done, and I've been fleshing them out on the blog with photographs. And oh, cool. this is partly just fun for me because I enjoy doing that. But I've been getting comments lately over on the blog, and people have been saying, Thank you for posting the pictures. Like I, it helps me to process it much more mm-hmm. than the video because you know what you like, this isn't changing. I could just sit and I could just study it and stare at it. It's not, oh, I watched that video and that's done and it's going so fast. I don't have time to process even what I'm seeing and what are the colors and oh, what's that setting again? And how did they stack yeah. those things? And like, Looking, are you okay? <laughs> I'm not. I have a back. Is, did I just make a face? Yeah, Lord, my back's sick of sitting here. <laughs> Sorry, did I just contort my face totally when I shifted? Yes, you did. <laughs> um, slowing no, down the because... coffee table books on the topic of yeah, yeah. whatever. Gosh, it allows yeah, yeah. you to like actually take it in. It's not drinking yeah. from a fire hose. It's sipping a nice glass of wine. There's a big difference. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good analogy I just came up with on the cut. That was a really good Thank analogy. 
I'm really good. It's true, though. Even when I do, like, home tours on – I learned a long time ago, like, slow down or else Mm. people don't like it. Like, they want you to – like, even with the video, like, I try to just hold the main idea of the room. Here's the room. And I'm just going to hold the Uh camera here because I know you want to take it in. And then we're going to go in Mm -hmm. for the close-ups. So, like, your home tours, though, I've watched them, Mm -hmm. never gone back to them. No offense. But but your blog posts that you did with the Mm -hmm. still photographs, some of those I have gone back to dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Like, you Mm -hmm. did this one called something about Christmas. I don't remember. I'll know it when I think of it. But what was it? Anyway, so every t- every year when I decorate for Christmas, I'm like, I'm just going to go back to that post and just, is there anything that I'm seeing? Like, you did the huh. greens in the stocking. Remember when you had the white? Uh-huh. Oh, I love that you- post. I That was, What's you know how your, your, I don't know, your house like ebbs and flows. That was an, that was a flow. It was a flow. I, it was just I loved on. that. The way that you that was did the on. Whole house that year. And so when yeah. I decorate for Christmas, I'm like, I'm just going to go refresh my memory and be like, oh yeah, I what can decorate that? my chandeliers or oh, yeah, I can put Mm -hmm. greens in my stocking or, you know, and Mm -hmm. it just sort of jars your memory. But you don't remember stuff like that from video. It's not stagnant like that. Mm -hmm. It's just different for me. I process that Mm -hmm. so much differently. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Food for thought there. Okay. I'm getting distracted by this book. I should probably (laughs) record a podcast and read a book at the same time. Good. I'm like, are you just going to look at that? (laughs) That's okay. I feel like you're subliminally telling me to blog more. I would like it if you blogged more. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we're talking about creativity this episode, and I'll be honest with you, like, <laughs> not to beat this drum again and again, but, like, Instagram really, I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> it robs a lot of great writers of their writing because now instead of really developing some serious thoughts about stuff, it was like, or Twitter, you know, you got this many characters or you've got, you yeah. can only post this many words on Instagram. You have to continue in the comments and stuff. And it becomes, so it became this place where it's like you take a thought for a blog post and then you condense mm-hmm. it down to four or five sentences. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Look, I voiced that thing that I've been wanting to say. Not really, not fully. And um, well, even in the discipline of developing your own thought, there you go. Even if it's as just a that. writer, mm-hmm. as a writer, I mean, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll post something on Instagram. I'm like, you know, I have more to say on this. Right. This is even just this little idea about this curtain, but it or releases whatever. the pressure just enough to feel like you don't have to. Do you know that feeling when you've got something mm-hmm. stirring in you as a writer, and you're like, oh, I'm really chewing on this thought. To me, what well, I- that's something I struggle with is like I don't necessarily have an end to things. I always feel like as a creative, whether it's on YouTube or my blog, I have to have a final product. <laughs> I have to have a resolution of my ideas. I have to have a finished room. Yeah. And I don't know if people have noticed this, like in the news, like in the blog posts and newsletters and stuff I've been doing. I am not there right now. Like I am in process, and I'm just kind of like. Here's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's I'm gonna I'm painting. I don't have a painting to show you. I mean, I put up like something I think I was almost done with the other day on Instagram. I did a study of a 
a painting I bought in Paris that I really love. And when they're torn and stuff, I call them survivors. Mm-hmm. And I loved the coloring and I looked at it and I've been studying. It's it's on a flight path in our house. We call them flight paths. So I go past this painting every day and I've been looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Finally, last weekend, I'm, like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to paint that one. And I'm going to probably paint it quite a few times mm-hmm. just to really settle in because I – I talk to Amelie like even with painting. I even with art, anytime I have a media in my hands, I I'm fussy. I'm too particular. And then I get started on something. I'm like, well, I I don't have the skill set to finish this. Mm-hmm. I'm too and I, I've talked to her. She's it's my Amelie's my daughter. She's a phenomenal artist. Like I will look at a style of painting or whatever and my eye can say that's undeveloped i don't want my work to look like that that looks like mm-hmm. something you're going to find in a church basement rummage sale i don't want that but i've been looking like at the brush strokes and this particular painting and i'm like not that one though mm-hmm. i like that one mm-hmm. yeah. i want to imitate that yeah. as far as a way of growing it so yeah i did share that the other day on instagram and that that might be a great place to wrap this up it's like if if whatever your creative thing is, homemakers, find some greats in that department. Mm. Great singers, great home designers, great cooks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Great gardeners. Like, look to those people instead of maybe just following along on Instagram or those sorts of places. Like, maybe, you know, invest some into getting some books, getting some source material for some of these things and using that as a springboard into your own creativity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. consuming some of those great things. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> uh, I will have stories to share on the next episode. Have a great time. Cake. Text me. So you still have to text me. I am going to text you. I have a French phone number, so I'll send that to you. Okay. And, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, let's see, when is this airing? This is too late for people, isn't it? Oh, no. I'll still be there. No, I won't. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll be home just to sleep. I'll be asleep by the time this airs. (laughs) Never mind. Scratch that. All right. Good luck, ladies. We'll be back here with you next week. Cheers. Cheers.